Welcome to it. This is Know Your Power, the podcast series brought to you by VW Amarok. And over the course of this series, we want you to firstly discover the man that is Siabelo Sonaka, but most importantly, help you tap into what real power is. Siabelo knows that his power comes from the people around him, and he surrounds himself with excellence, brilliance, and humility. The first five episodes are live right now. So make sure you get them all by clicking the link in the bio you know, of your favorite podcast app. I'm, I'm mostly Switzerland, yeah. It's fantastic to, to have you guys here. And it's, it's really, you, you know, I realize now that I'm getting a little bit old because I've been admiring both of you for so long. And now I'm like, oh, I'm kind of talking to them as a grown-up now. That means I'm aging. I'm I'm the one that's aging. I mean, aging don't, terribly, but aging. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to go, no, yeah, you know. Flip, flip. <laughs> I've, I've already, I woke up with sore knees this morning, and now you're going to be like, yeah, you know, I grew up watching Flip the Rugby, and then I go, come on. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's what it is. I mean. Uh, I'm on the other side. I'm, I mean, I feel like we... Flip you here, and then MK comes in between us, and the, there's me still, the youngster playing rugby. Still, the legend, the legend, still playing rugby. Absolutely, and and doing yeah. it, man. Now, listen, both of you. Let's start right at the beginning because I think we need to be very clear. You guys have a great connection point from the very beginning, the the province where it all started for both of you guys, and. and before before the greatness is that the free state, uh, what we call the free state here in the Republic of South Africa, means a lot to both of you because uh, for a long time it was it was home and where where it all started. So, uh, Siabel, of course, Valcom and Flip, you did your thing, and we understand you came through. I think didn't lose a rugby game in high school. Was it your whole high school tenure? Um, I did. I did lose one rugby game when I was sixteen years old. We lost a rugby game. Wow. Um, that was about it. I saw I saw our first team loss lose once, um, and yeah, uh, that's it's a different it's a different type of experience. But yeah, we both both came out of the rugby fabric that is the factory rugby factory. Sorry, I was Afrikaansing the rugby fabric uh, of the Free State Province. <laughs> well, geez, how do you go through your high school career without getting or enjoying a loss? Like it's two different worlds. Like I'm mine not. is very contradictory to actually experience. I've got fifties every week, my guy. The house being great. Eh? <laughs> did you? Did yeah. you? Did you go to the famous? There's, did you? Did you do Virginia Virginia Rugby Academy? No, you don't. You don't go there. On, you went to only up, only after school. But before then, I was I was getting fifties. I was at Rivekstad High School, and there was nothing happening. Okay, yeah. Yet. I was, I because was happy. Virginia, the, yeah, the Virginia Academy was quite something. There's a couple, there's a couple of Springboks coming out of there. Isn't Sicil Africa coming out of there as yeah. well? We've got, we've got okay. two, uh, three, if I include myself. Cecil comes from there, Bronco right. comes from there too. And Alistair Pomark, which is not a Springbok yet, also comes from there. So there's quite something that happens there. That's when I enjoyed winning here uh, for the first time <laughs> yeah. in my life. <laughs> that's that's how I knew how it felt, and then once I got it, I was like, I, I never want to look at this feeling. This is amazing. Yeah, that's 
that, that, oh, that wow. that's the way to do life is to, is to be in and around winners. So that's actually why I'm here is that I did lots of losing. I've done lots of losing in my life. So I thought, let me get near some winners because one thing I've heard is that winning is contagious. Uh, so shout out to you guys, especially the way it's set up on screen now. When my mother sees this, she's going to be like, huh, I was wrong for giving you all those beatings as a youngster. Is you, you are around winners. <laughs> so, so it's great to be uh, with both of you guys. And listen, obviously with those different backgrounds, ultimately you guys have done the most amazing thing, right? Every, I think, South African boy... Or girl now, which is a fantastic thing, either wants to be a Springbok Sevens player, play for VIP, play at whatever level, is that's actually, I think, for most youngsters, I think they need to hear this. And I don't know whether you guys would agree or not, is that if you're talented and you're brilliant and you do the right things and you, you're in the right academies and you eventually get there, is essentially once you get to your level, that's the easy part. Once you get there, your talent is not enough. And I think there's another special gift which you guys managed to unlock, and I'd like to speak to it, is that you guys have managed to stay there at the elite rugby level. So, Sabs, I want to start with you. I mean, once that door cracked open uh, after Paul True came and saw your mother and changed your life, is what was it that you told yourself that said, I'm not just going to be here, Mr. True, I'm going to stay here and then take it to the next level? I think for me, it's the edge to be, to be the best. I think that was well, always been my driving force. You know, everything that I do, I want to be the best. And I think that's how I keep my ch- uh, myself challenged because, you know, you go through stages um, in your journey, you know, when you're up and you're down and you're up and you're down again. But you kind of like want to have a certain standards that you kind of like uphold yourself to so that, you know, those up and downs are not too far apart from that standard or not too low from that standard. And I think that's how you stay up there. It's just challenging yourself constantly and having a certain standard that you go by and never trying to drop that standard. Yeah, I mean, that is it. It's consistency is king. And and I do do love that. And, And Flip, I mean, you guys spoke at the beginning about maybe your different beginnings is that for you, is it something that was bred into you as uh, Gray Bloom turned you, uh, as you were a part of this machine? But even then, I would think, listen, there's lots of great guys who come out and play rugby. That's not enough. So for you, what was that magic thing that made you not just get there, but stay there? Do you think there were w- one thing or, or a couple of things? Yeah, just uh, <clears throat> I meant to see a boat. Um Sorry, got a little frog in my throat there. But that's the thing. Consistency is is actually the key. You know, um, the great man that is Rassi Erasmus once told us, you know, if you want to be the complete rugby player, it's like the spokes of a wheel. It, it's not, you know, the, the wheel doesn't turn if you only have one spoke. If you only, if you only, if you went to a good school, that's not going to be enough. You know, if you have talent, that's not good enough. If you work hard, that's not good enough. You know, everyone who wants to be a professional, you know. Goes to they they go to the right academy they eat the right stuff they train hard you know so 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 what do you what what do you do extra you know do you are you consistently good are you you know are you surrounding yourself with the the the, the good guys are you surrounding yourself with the guys who actually want to to perform and make you better and um, actually not you know tell you you you're not good enough you can't make it but actually getting guys that motivate you going to the right teams. Um, you know, finding the right places, uh, because I mean, I, I had everything going for me. You know, I came from a good house, household. I went to a good school. Um, and yet, you know, there's guys playing next to me 
or that played next to me that that had nothing of that, but still, you know, had great successful careers. Um, so I, I, you know, I will, I will repeat what um, what Seb said, and, and uh, it's all about the consistency. It's all about you know being there every day. You know, come rain or sunshine. And you do live in Europe now. It's often raining there. That must be that must be a whole situation. <laughs> Mate, it is raining nonstop. <laughs> you see, you even see my poor plant at the, at the, behind me is not not having us. So it needs some sunshine. Looks a bit sad. Now, Flip, I, I might as well ask you now. And yeah. you guys are both from the Free State, so famous for the the poiki. Do you still do poiki up there in France now that you've left us here? Because it's obviously the best food in the world, isn't it? I, I definitely do. You know, I still, I still. Um, value myself as, as the best briar in the, in the, in the house and in the region and where I, wherever I come, you know, I have to, I have to, to impose the chess and yama on everyone. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what it is, you know, come rain or sunshine. And I struggle to get the proper poiki because you, you know, that's not something you put in your suitcase and fly over. <laughs> but then Helen I Waters found a German company and I actually got one delivered, uh, around April. So poiki is, is coming. Now that's important, um, Sebs, to, to that point. I think we should, we, we should talk about the, the brying thing because obviously I think in rugby teams and South African culture, that's a huge thing. Um, it's really, really important to have the right guy on the ones and twos there because there's a lot of guys who lose focus because you, you know who the worst guy is? The guy who wants to be the DJ with the aux cable as well as bry. That's not the guy I want on my meet. So Sebs, who's the guy in the sevens locker room who you guys trusted on the ones and twos with the meet? Um, definitely not Kwaha because he'll make you eat raw meat. Uh, <laughs> man, <laughs> so not Kwaha at all. Um, I think a neutral bar because we all love different meats. Like that's what I realized as well. Like having such a diverse group of people, you know, your Kwaha's of the world love rare meat. I've gotten to love, uh, medium. And then you get someone like Shakes, they want that thing dead. No blood, no nothing. No nothing. So you have to get someone that's kind of like being in those spaces. And I think someone like Ross Perspective was a very neutral guy. You know, he just knows how to do it for everyone so that everyone enjoys the meat. So he's, he's quite good. I know he's a chatterbox sometimes. Um, so you have to actually have people around the bright area. Otherwise, you guys are going to eat. Uh, it is otherwise. Let me just point it like this. <laughs> I, I'm with you because you know who never gets enough credit at the bride? The guy on, obviously, with the tongs or girl, she'll get, he or she will get the credit. But the guy who's the co-pilot is crucial. The one who's bringing refreshments oh. to the guy so that the oh. bride doesn't have to move. That is a vital player in the game. That, that player is very vital. Yeah. I mean, you have to go, not just for the bride, because... Obviously, you have to play in two different roles. You have to entertain the rest of us that are sitting down, and obviously, you have to entertain the brass. So you have to kind of like play in the middle, be like being very versatile. But I think that's the most important person. Yeah, I agree. Flip. So obviously, besides you, uh, who's the guy for you back in the day who was uh, you, you trust? I mean, Bry, huge thing. Now, there's there's that brilliant hooker called Adrian Strauss. What's he like on the Bry or? What's Farid Priya like? Like, would he dish it from there like he would from the base of the ruck, or is he just not the guy to be putting there? <laughs> I, th- I think he would struggle not to find a good briar. Uh, yeah. A guy, Villa Mulberts was he was probably the best. Yes. He's probably the best briar out there. I mean, he does. I, I do think he briars at least seven days, you know, <laughs> and then 
out of the seven days, maybe twice a day, either has a barbecue. You know, um, this, this, this is proper. Uh, my, the, my old mate Arjun is very good on making the, the finer things. You know, good like little leg of lamb or like a, a pork roast or something. He's very good with that. Um, other than that, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a said, said, you have to be a very neutral buyer. You have to be able to, to have, be patient and everyone wants their, wants their different things. One thing that I want to know is, Seb, take us through this. You guys are, are, are known to have the spirit in the in the sevens team. You know, we had our mate uh, Chris Dry there leading leading the charge every time, and it just, at least from the outside, it just looks so much fun. And you see the Springboks team bringing in that now, the singing and the camaraderie around and the taps on the back. Take us a little bit through that mindset. What what is going in there? It is absolute fun. Um, actually, we don't want to like we don't like calling it fun because. Coach Nua says like that's a little bit loose, uh, but we thoroughly enjoy ourselves, and it's quite important to have that. I think in the modern um, modern game or modern time that we play in, because everyone is as equally as good, everyone is as equally as talented. The margins are very little, but when you have a team that enjoys being with each other off the pitch, I think that really translates into on the pitch, and suddenly you have a team that's banded like brothers that are willing to die for each other out there. And that's a very difficult team to beat. I promise you, when people are literally selflessly out there to make sure that you know the brother is not exposed or the brother looks good, yeah, that that's very hard. But that's the type of culture we tried to formulate in the sevens. Um, it was an amazing culture, a culture of expression more than anything. Also, everyone comes exactly as they are, and we just try to enjoy ourselves because we with each other like literally or the third or four quarters of the year. So you have seen this person every single day. So imagine not enjoying being in the company. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be hard, hard times for you. So we try to cultivate the tough environment to make sure that everyone is very expressive and we all come as we are and obviously form something together that is very uh, comfortable for everyone to be in. Yeah. Oh, great. I, I, so basically I, just don't be the big Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he said you just be a good oak, okay? <laughs> basically. <laughs> Basically, that's it. <laughs> just, just be a good okay. And, and we can see that. Like, like we, we can see that, right? Guys, something, and, and, and I think that, that that's a great uh, thing because currently your career, um, Sebel is undergoing that transition. And, and that's an important thing that Flips just said, you know, how tight you were in the sevens. It was a, it was a band of brothers, but you're now moving over to, um, fifteens. Uh, and, and that's been a part of your, of your real world. And I think, you, you know, it's, I want to, I want to come back to you on that and what that transition is like. But Flip, I want to talk to you about transitioning, you know, as a sportsman is sometimes we define ourselves as what we are and we excel at, right? But you've managed to not only play rugby, is you've tra- you sort of transitioned uh, towards a wor- being a working professional and, and, and a student again and then a working professional. Talk me through that journey of how you separated flip the sportsman from flip the person from flip the worker and, and how you managed to do that as a sportsman because I don't think everybody understands just how difficult that is. And then we'll come back and talk about Ciavelo's uh, transition. Yeah, cheers. 
I think first of all, the, the the main thing is to stay the same flipping through through all the processes. Is, is basically, you know, know uh, know what know what your strengths are, know what you're good at. Um, go go back to that. We we have managed to 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 build up a certain skill set uh, while playing professional rugby, and you know, ignoring that skill set just because you are in a, in a moment of transition would be absolutely stupid, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I was known as a hard worker. I was known as a no nonsense type of guy. And that's the same approach, you know, that I, that I, that I take whenever it was in studies and in business, you know. Um, so, so that's, that, that's, a, that's the same type of, the same type of process we go through. And it's a, uh, we went through in the rugby, in the rugby part as well. But, you know, surrounding yourself with the guys that push you, you know, having your mentors outside of, outside of rugby as well, push, push, pushing and pushing you towards um, other goals that you have, you know, going through that process of goal setting and reaching your goals and, and working, you know, working on the little steps. The same thing we went through in rugby is, you know, we used to talk about your turnover, your turnover in rugby is a week, you know, you start on a Monday, Saturday, you play a game, you have your results, you know what you're doing. Where in business, it's, it's a lot different. You start working on a Monday and then maybe you have a result in five, six years time. So how do you, how do you change your, how do you change your goal setting and how do you change your own motivation inside of you to, you know, to wake up every morning and, and make it your passion? Man, not, oh, now I've got to go realign a few things. That, that answer is unbelievable. That, hey? Yeah, no, it's crazy. Look, you, you chatted about something that's very, um, interesting was uh, something I found fascinating. You said it's important that you keep the same flip. You know, a lot of people normally think that, you know, when you transition, you have to be different and rugby is kind of like, you know, it was a whole life. But what I normally tell people is like rugby is a part of me. It's not everything that I do is part of me. And it's important to actually transition into life, a real world, having you know, that type of mindset because I, I feel like a human has different complexities. Like we are so complex and we diluted into certain spaces and we love different things, you know. Even though, yes, rugby is your love and passion, there's other things that you love and enjoy too. And yep. normally people think like rugby is, you know, the holy grail of who we are. But I like to think it's, it's really like part of who we are. And that is yeah, important. Well said. Yeah, that that is important, and it's a it's a wonderful thing to to hear from. I mean, you you guys are are really spitting that gospel. But now, Sebs, you are moving from sevens to fifteens, and right now, it's obviously you, you know rugby is, if not at the center, very very close to it. Is that you're also making that transition? And is it a matter of keeping those same principles and coming across because the culture may change in fifteens? You know, it, it isn't that band of brothers as we're together for it's like nine months of the year you guys are doing it in sevens is what is the difference and how is this transition going for you and, and what are what are some of the transferable skills uh both on the field and off the field uh, that you can take from being in a seven set up to 15s i think the two codes are actually moving closer to each other um in this modern day when i noticed transitioning to 15s things were a lot different you know small things like team uh dynamics you'll get you know, senior players and junior players. We didn't have that at the center, so I don't understand the concept when I went there. Because suddenly it was a system where you had to know your players kind of. So that was one thing that actually shook me up. And obviously, Flip said it as well, you have to know your strengths. So when I when I transitioned into 15s, 
it's it was that era where they wanted big wingers and suddenly they had to kind of like adjust my game and play like them um which made me move away from what i was really good at you know i was a very attacking man to play and now i have to you know catch a lot of hard balls be very defensive play a certain way try to bash it up instead of trying to beat someone and and going to score in the way so my game changed up so a lot of things changed when i moved um not not too much on the field because i think rugby is rugby at the end of the day the same rules and everything but those small sorts of things um in the transition made you you know kind of behave differently and those are the challenges that i had uh, really sorts of things that people don't really you know don't put point or like mention but those little things actually add up the matter um and me now having been in the game for a bit and realizing that hey man you're not that person you know you have to play when you lean towards the strength and not yes you can focus you can't focus on your on your weaknesses you can you have to focus on strengths yes you can try to better with this but that shouldn't be a focal point that shouldn't be your foundation or your project you should be operating via strengths not your weaknesses and i was kind of like doing it the other way around because obviously i had to um be the same person or play the game differently to how I used to play my whole life. Mm. Um, so it was like a baby kind of in this whole transition. I was learning how to do things. So now I'm back into, you know, more than enough now. I've been in the game for long enough. I'm like, no, dude, like, this is not you. You have to be you first. You chatted about it earlier. You have to be you first. That's the most important thing. And from that place, we can live life. Not live life and then try to be... Got uh, you. Uh, do the yeah. So tell me this. Also, also, how does it feel? Sorry, sorry, Manetta. How does it feel being faster than a GTI, mate? (laughs) (laughs) It is incredible from a standing start. (laughs) This guy is like, it's crazy. crazy. Nah, it's amazing, bro. I love all of moving fast. But you can say the same thing for you. How does it feel to be that strong and big, bro? I've been with you for my whole life. Forget you. I mean, yeah. I've been carrying this for so long. I'm still the same. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, that's why we need both of you. I mean, this country has like both a flip and a, oh my goodness, flip. I was, I was saying next World Cup, imagine this on the right wing. We got, uh, Colby, Jesse Creel. This is our lineup. Spoon Corsi doing all of that on the left wing, just as a rotation option. Like we score 1500 tries in one World Cup. Obviously, like we got it going now. We've got like Ciabello, we can play. We could probably play Damien out there as, as well. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've got the Jackal doing everything right now in Mapimpi. So Mapimpi, 15 minutes, and then we do a bomb squad. We change the rules. Rassi, obviously, <laughs> once he's back, he starts rotating the guys, and it's 11 tries a half. It's just, it's just hey, how about that? What, what, I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is you wishing for rolling subs. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, we're changing the rules because we've got too much oh, yeah. talent. It's not allowed to sit on the bench. <laughs> uh, that'll be something that'll be really something I'm just saying you know you, you use it or lose it that, that's what I'm saying guys the, you know what it, it's a real it's a real great thing for young men and women to hear from you guys just little little pieces of what it takes um, to, to stay at the top I mean I'll give you uh, the last word here Flip we live in an ever sort of growing world of complexity and speed and and all of that and I just wanted to 
get from you and Sabs, I'll give you the last, uh, the last word on this one is that once you are done in terms of, um, doing what defined you before, right. And you spoke of some of the skills that it takes to, um, to transition is what is the world actually like for a sportsman? And now we're talking to sportsmen outside of the sports world. You know, once the lights go off every Friday, there aren't lights and you got, you got to do your work in a corner. Like, what is that like for you and, and Sabs, and you can speak to across your different skills and sets and business and all the things and the mentorship you're doing as well. But Flip, what has it been like now to transition to what you are? And uh, tell us some of the gifts of, of transitioning. Yeah, that that is a, a great question, um, Bilalo, is, is I think that is the biggest part that, that miss every sports person, you miss that, that shot of adrenaline that you used to get, um, you know, when you, when you partake and when you run out in front of a big crowd or, or just that build up up to, a, up to any match. And even if you still play amateur, amateur sports, you still have that little bit of a build up and you have that camaraderie and, and you miss the dressing room. You miss that, you know, being, being around, around the boys, you know, we were allowed to have a few beers after the match still, you know, you sit, you sit there after a match, you, you, you knew, you knew you gave everything and you take your shirt off, you have a beer. Um, you know, that's a little bit odd in the office these days if you do that. <laughs> but, um, it is, there's, there's that, there's that type of, you, 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 you missed that, you missed that sort of adrenaline. So you need to, you need to, to build up into that situation. Otherwise, um, as I said earlier, you know, otherwise you're going to find yourself in a spot of bother in terms of, you know, being depressed, mm. you know, being, being mentally, being mentally searching for something to stimulate you. And that's where people fall into, you fall into dangerous places, you know, you fall into alcohol or drugs or whatever, you know, to, to look for the, the next best, best thing. So having, having that little uh, goals and setting those goals, you know, to compete, con- continually push you, um, you know, same, same high pressure environment we got used to in rugby, you know, that's, 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 that's very important. I, I don't know if I missed a part of your question there. I think that's nailed it. That's why are. you got into Cambridge. You nailed, you nailed every point. Yeah. That's how you get into Cambridge. You, yeah. you got every, every single point <laughs> and answered stuff I didn't ask and made the question sound better, actually. So <laughs> you've absolutely yeah. nailed it. So, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish off. I mean, you, you're doing so much. You're transitioning while you're still at your apex. So I'll, I'll let you finish off on some of the transferable skills and, and what you love about when you're a mentor, when you're operating as a businessman, of course, with the wine and, and et cetera. What, what for you um, makes it enjoyable off the rugby field? Well, like I said, you know, as humans, we are complex and we have different dualities. I'm operating all in one, in one human being, so. Um, I think I enjoy, you know, the different challenges that come with being all these things. You know, I don't get the same challenges I get and the rugby field that I get in the businesses, in the military space. Everything is just so different. And it kind of like gives me a very um, holistic type of um, box, if I may put it like that, which I'm challenged by. You know, it challenges me a different way. So I become a more whole-rounded person, if I may put it like that. But you talked about the lights, you talked about the noise, you talked about what happens when all of that goes missing. I think what I've done is um, I've kind of like let myself, you know, be in a space where the process leads me and not focus too much on the actual result. And I think that keeps me going because in the process, it's a one-man validation type of thing. 
you know, if I approve, if I'm happy, if I'm good, then it's all good. You know, if I get external appreciation from what I do, um, then, you know, that's bonuses. But from where I live my life right now, you know, I'm living from a validation of one. And I think that's more fulfilling than actually, you know, trying to live to please people because when all of that is taken away, like Flip said, you end up having a void in your life. Man. That, that is awesome. And, and if there is knowing your power, it is understanding that power does shift. It is a different dynamic. 40, 50, uh, you, you've got to exercise that power and share it. And, and what I love about you guys is the amount of team you're talking about. That, that tells me that that's why. That's why both of you, you're not just thinking me, me, me. There's a reason you guys got to the top, but there's a reason you stayed, the team. And, and I think that's extremely inspirational for uh, both me and anybody listening to this. Flip, excellent moustache. Awesome to chat to you. Superb sweater now. As the oldest guy on screen, I commend you as the elder. Now, Sebs, I want to say to you, obviously, I'm biased. But I know you guys were having who's got the best dread competition in the sevens. You've easily won, by the way. Because I've seen you change it, plaited across, holding it, cornrows, tightening it, loosening it. So shout out to you for uh, winning on and off the pitch and uh, at the barber. So shout out to you guys. And both of you gentlemen are... It is a, a true privilege to to know both of you and have both of you with me today. So thank you so much. Thank you.